Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Fratello Talks, the weekly short-form podcast where we skip the intro and jump right into it. Today, I'm joined by my colleagues... RJ. And... Morgan. And we're going to discuss a topic that's quite... It's been on our mind lately, I think, um, and it's that of finding value in neo-vintage watches. But before we jump into it, let's do a wrist check. RJ, what's on your wrist today? I'm wearing a Le Bois Co. Heritage Chronograph. Very nice, very yeah. nice, from our friend... Uh, Tom van Weilek. Tom van Weilek. It's a very nice uh, chronograph. Uh, he made four or five versions. Mm-hmm. And um, we have the one with the cream dial and the colored tachymeter and telemeter scales. Yeah, it's really a nice watch. 39 yeah. millimeter chronograph, uh, vintage look. Um, and I'm reviewing it, so I am uh, wearing nice. it. Yeah, Very nice, very nice. And Morgan, what's on your wrist? So today it's Tuesday uh, as we are recording the podcast. So I have the, the Speedmaster on the wrist. That is... Actually, I feel like it's brand new because uh, Nacho just polished my uh, Essalite crystal, yes. and I I can tell the time now, which is yeah. which is a nice thing. It was it was really not that bad. <laughs> no, but I, but now I feel like it's really like brand new. Actually, yeah, Ooh. yeah, um, yeah. I'm basically I'm wearing the same watch. It's just mine's a little bit. Uh, actually, mine's quite relevant to the topic of uh, of the podcast because mine is from. 2000, 2001. So mm-hmm. that's kind of around the time with what we will define for the purposes of this podcast as uh, neo-vintage. Yeah. I guess anything late 80s, 90s, maybe even up into the early 2000s. That's yeah. a bit of a stretch, but I think I think we the can... definition of vintage shifted a bit because yeah. in the past it was uh, 20, 25 years old. Yeah. And now uh, when we're in 2023, that means that would mean that vintage is 2000. And I think some people see it already yeah. like that. Yeah. But I think for the seasoned collector, yeah. vintage means still uh, 70s or 80s yeah. and before yeah. uh, Plexi Crystal. Yeah. Of course, the Speedmaster with Hesselite is Plexi, but in general, I think uh, when, when Rolex came with their uh, Sapphire Crystals, uh, I think that was the end for vintage for a lot of people. For sure. Yeah. Um, and neo-vintage is uh, indeed, it used to be 90s, and now I guess it creeps up a little bit to yeah. uh, later dates. So I think early 2000s also fits into the neo vintage for sure yeah. for sure definition it's it's definitely now becoming a um, also a bit of a sweet spot i mean the reason why this came up is because uh, rj you've been looking at some watches that kind of fall into that category yes from, not to everyone's liking but i don't no. care but that's the thing. They're watches that are very much marked by their time. Like you, yeah. you can look at one of these watches and, and you see that it's not a current day model. Mm-hmm. Um, there's something that really dates them back to whether it's the 80s or the 90s. But but there's a lot of value there, I feel. Like yeah. when you look at prices, a lot of the time we're shocked by sort of how, you know, it's call it a value proposition, call it yeah. whatever. But but really you see that there's great watches yeah, I think from good the, brands. I think watches from the 80s and 90s and perhaps early 2000s have been neglected yeah. for a, lo- a long time. Yeah. And you see that in the prices. And uh, I, I, th- I think it's being picked up a little bit more now. Yeah. But um, yeah, there's still good deals to be had. And I think the yeah. fun thing is that if you are looking at watches uh, from the 90s and 2000s, you can still buy like full sets. Yeah. Whereas exactly. with vintage, whether it's vintage Omega or vintage Breitling or vintage uh, Rolex or whatever, it's difficult to get a full set because in yeah. the past there was no not really a thing like watch collecting. So people just took the watch home and left the box at the retailer. I, I know yeah. the stories from my own family who said, yeah, I bought a watch from the jeweler in the 50s or 60s. And yeah, a box, nobody cared about a box. Yeah. So we just yeah. left it at the store. Yeah, of course. Exactly. It was it was something else to have to store in your house. Yeah. I mean, that was yeah. Yeah, an inconvenience, basically. But so so to, to then get into sort of our personal experience with the topic, um, I think we should look at maybe some of the neo-vintage 
pieces that we do own and then mm -hmm. maybe go into some that we would maybe like to own. Mm -hmm. So maybe starting with you, Morgan, you now you don't have any neo vintage pieces. Uh, not not anymore. But you did have uh, yeah. a very nice yeah, one. Yeah, my first really, Rolex. Really, really nice one. Yeah, the, the first Rolex I bought was a 16570 yeah. from 2007. Yeah. So I guess we can call that neo-vintage, mm -hmm. I think. Yeah. 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 Uh, so I bought it with uh, boxing papers, but mm -hmm. uh, because it's a Rolex also, I was a little bit afraid to have a fake or something. Um, right. Yeah, you have to take care, I, I think. But yeah. even if the 16570, the Rolex Pro with the white dial yeah. is not the most um the most uh, I, I mean obvious rolex model yeah. uh, i think you, I, I needed some somehow to say that some reassurance yeah, that exactly. you were uh, get, buying the right thing yeah exactly yeah. so i bought it uh, from a store but i i took a look at the um, at the at this watch on corner 24 Right, and it was uh, for sale like at one and a half hour from where I used to live in France. Okay, so I went there uh, by car and I picked the watch up at the dealer with the with the real store. So uh, yeah. I was that gives you some yeah, reassurance, exactly, as well, of exactly. So yeah. it has been, um, it was in good condition. It yeah. was running well, blah blah blah. I could took a look at everything. So I had it boxed in papers right. and everything. How much did you pay for that one? Uh, More or less, if I remember, around seven. Okay, around seven, which around is seven, which is kind of where we see the prices dip back down to now yeah. because yeah, yeah, they yeah. they were up into the if it was from the nineties and it had a creamy tritium dial, you could yeah. pay thirteen k easily for for one of these uh, yeah, no, no, recent no, no. Uh, recent months, and now they're kind of dipping back down a little bit yeah. when we look at the the price charts. But I uh, think it was six and a half or seven, something like that. Okay. Yeah, that's not bad. That's yeah, a that's a, that was a good deal. Very but good at price. bad uh, by that time, it was still a little bit in a upper. Yeah. Upper prices, but a, uh, yeah, I had it everything. It was on its way up. Yeah, exactly. It was not, it was not too polished. I had all the papers, the box. Right. Uh, right. So yeah, I I told myself nice. I yeah, I want to pay a little bit extra for it. But sure. uh, when you take a look at those watches, you can have some beautiful examples mm -hmm. and some really bad ones, like yeah. way too polished. Yeah. So you don't have it, the the form of the watch is not even good yeah. anymore yeah. and everything. So I wanted to pay maybe a little bit more but yeah. to have something better yeah. with rolex it's always tricky i i would say like finding real value is is a little bit hard uh yeah. there because obviously i think the prices are much more they sort of reflect a much more conscious owner slash conscious seller of the watch that that really prices it mm -hmm. where you would expect but i think when you when you try to find real value well you can look at other brands like i mean rj you have was your able that you picked up? Is that from yeah. the eighties or nineties? Yeah, it's mid mid eighties, nineteen eighty six, okay. I think, is mine based on the movement number. And uh, yeah. but they made it till uh, I think early nineties or something. Okay, and those can be picked up for uh, around two two and a half k in nice yeah. condition with an El Primero, with the El Primero chronograph yeah. movement. So that's really nice. But I also have to say, and that's and that's something that um, is is often a bit uh, I don't know taken for granted or neglected. I don't know. Um, if you look at watches from the 90s and 80s, whether that's the Abel or uh, Zenith or uh, Omega even or Breitling, mm -hmm. the quality of today's watches of those brands, well, perhaps except Abel, is so <laughs> different from what it used to be. Yeah. Um, and the Speedmaster is a bit, the, the professional that you guys are wearing, yeah. is a bit um, an exception because that watch has been made uh, until recently uh, in the same way that it was made yeah. for the previous yeah, decades. The same space. Yeah. 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 And 
um, a be- I think a better example is the CMOS 300M, for example. I think, oh, yeah. Uh, uh, Nacho, you and I both have one from a more or less the same era. Mm-hmm. It was introduced in the 90s and is really a typical 90s model, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, but if you compare that one to the one that is uh, currently in the collection, the 300M with yeah. the 8800 movement, it is a very different watch and it feels different. Yeah. And the, the today's model feels more solid. And I think yeah. it's also better made. I think it's a yeah. better watch in all regards. Um, whether the design is better or improved is a matter of taste because sure. I also think they changed the case and, uh, and the things to, to yeah, modern specifications or yeah. based on mm-hmm. the new movement, so it's a bit thicker and so on. Um, but in general, I believe that watches from the 90s and, and, and early 2000s perhaps are just different in, yeah. in quality than today's models. But and a absolutely. good example is also the Rolex. Yeah. I have a few Rolexes and... Uh, <laughs> I also had a few Rolexes that I bought in the in the I think early, yeah 2000 and, and mm-hmm. early 2000s, um, and that's now neo vintage. But back then that was just new, and that was a normal Rolex, and you got discount at a retailer, wow. and everything was wow, available wow, wow. except for the for the Daytona. Mm. Um, but everything was just there when I bought my GMT Master 16710 new in I don't know 2004 2005 yeah. for 3400 euros. Um, oh my god! <laughs> that, that was, but that was already like expensive. That was an expensive yeah, yeah, yeah. watch for, for sure. what it was. Yeah. And today's price of that watch is like thirteen, fourteen thousand euros easily with uh, box and papers. And I don't see that value because yeah. uh, for me that's still a thirty-four hundred yeah. euro watch, a thirty-five hundred euro but watch. T- yeah. t- talking about that, what do you think about the the Audemars Piguet Royal Oak, for example? Because it's it's still exactly the same watch. Uh, well, they changed it a few years ago. Um, uh, last year, to be exact, in 2022. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have to know, dear listeners, that behind Nacho is a picture of my... Yeah, that's why. Yeah. yeah. 15202 um, um, that we printed on a, on a canvas. Um, that watch, the 15202, I think, was introduced in 2000. Um, and before that, it was the 14802. This is the 15202. And since last year, it's the 16202. Yeah. Right. And in 2012, the 15202 already... Got a, a little bit of an update, especially on the dial and the bracelet. Mm. Right. So there, the bracelet improved a little bit. But I, th- I think in today's model, the 1622, also the movement improved. So it's really yeah. a better yeah. watch. Okay, so now it's yeah. better. Okay. But that 1522, so the Royal Oak Jumbo until yeah. last year, it was, man, it was done in a very nice way. The, the movement is uh, sure. partially yeah. hand finished, which is really yeah. nice. Um, but it's it's all yeah. sort of kind of flimsy, yeah, and yeah. not the quality. Yeah. It's a good yeah. quality. Watch. It was the standard of back but then. I exactly. think I think that's the issue, or not the issue. And I think but there they made some updates, especially yeah. on the bracelet, yeah. and now also with the movement, it yeah. has finally a quick set movement. Yeah. But what I wanted to say is that the '90s watches and early 2000s watches, they are of different uh, build quality yeah. than today's yeah. watches, and I think yeah. people need to be conscious about that and also take yeah. that into account. When spending a lot of money on them, definitely they they're they're definitely not cut from the from the same cloth, um, and that's why certain models that you know could potentially even be said to definitely be overpriced. I mean, you know, like these days, then those maybe don't offer so much value. But I think there's still a lot that you could look at that that would offer value. And oh, I think you oh, said definitely. your your um, your Seamaster 300 mm-hmm. that you can look at the late 90s and for 2,800 euros or so, yeah, you can still get those, and that's still a pretty damn good watch i mean you have a chronometer certified at a movement uh it's not in-house but but you know yeah the, the, i think the, the the advantage of that watch is that it's a little bit thinner than yeah, today's the slimness uh, today's is, models is it's fantastic. slimmer because of yeah. the eta yeah. 2892 for sure um 
but yeah, the bracelet has its it's aged. Yeah. You know, it's a 90s yeah, bracelet. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. still prefer it over the new one. Uh, the bracelet. I think so, yeah. But yeah. Uh, it's H. And yours yeah. has the Speedmaster-style bracelet. Yeah, which, which is, uh, feels just like the Speedmaster yeah. bracelet. But then in that regard, then I feel like the new Speedmaster, that was also a big jump. Like the bracelet on, on the on the latest generation Speedmaster. Yeah, the one, the yeah. one I have here. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 not even that one. No, so that one, one has the, the screwed links, but the, the really, yours, the you really new one. No, no, no not one. mine. Oh, the, no. the one RJ has, the, okay, the yeah. really new one. I feel like that's... There they that made the jump. That, and yeah. there I also yeah. feel that that first price jump was justified because they yeah, had a new definitely. bracelet, new yeah. movement, yeah. new dial, the new case. Actually, yeah. everything was new and it's made according to modern specifications. So yeah. they changed the way of production yeah. and testing. And it's really water resistant because it. it's actually yeah. tested for real water resistance. Yeah. And people make jokes, oh, you can't swim with a Speedmaster, but with a new Speedmaster professional, you can. Yeah. Don't dive with it and don't touch any buttons, but you can swim with it. Yeah. Um, so I think they made some changes there. Um, For sure. Now I feel it, it, the price is a bit uh, on the edge, but um, but yeah, just you need to take it into account. And last week I was looking for a Breitling Chronomat. Yeah. And I didn't, didn't know anything about it except for how it looks, right? Yeah. Um, and then I, I talked to uh, Ben Hodges, one of our contributors, and he said, yeah, yeah look at the, the more recent models because, well, they are they are better. And not only the one with the in-house movement, the mm-hmm. previous ones had the Valjoux 70-70-50 chronograph, mm-hmm. which is nice when it comes to surfacing. Uh, oh, yeah. I think watchmakers can drink while <laughs> while surfacing that <laughs> yeah. movement. Um, and it can be done by any independent watchmaker, I, th- I think. Yeah. Um, but if you look at the, the, the models before 2000, I think of the Brighton Chronomat, and you see that they have like a gold crown and gold pushers, it's often gold-plated. Yeah. And with yeah. some of these watches, like you said this morning, uh, Nacho, these watches were really worn. They were not collectibles. Yeah, yeah, or, yeah. yeah. Uh, or in the collection of, of a connoisseur that that, uh, no. that babysit these watches. No, they were actually worn, and you yeah. see that. And then often you see with if they use gold-plated parts that it worn off. Yeah. And I think only later on, after 2000, these watches were like had yeah. solid gold pushers yeah. and, and crowns. And I think that adds to the experience of this this for sure for these sure watches yeah these these were never bought as investment pieces maybe maybe in a rare case but i think people really bought them and just wore them that was their one watch they wore it they yeah. love it it was their one expensive or good watch and, yeah. and that was it but but i think that's it, it, an interesting note because that's probably a place where you can find some decent value i think those brightlings are are priced in in quite an interesting way these days and yeah it's a bit in a in a price range i would say because yeah. if you want a nice one that looks like it has not been worn every day by yeah. one person. Yeah. <laughs> um, you still pay, especially with box and papers. It, uh, I think everyone knows the prices. And I think with yeah. websites like Chrono24, it has become so transparent that um, it's very difficult to, yeah. to find a deal that is exceptional because they're all more or less in the same bandwidth. For sure. But I yeah. do feel that these these neo vintage watches they offer a lot of bang for the buck compared to yeah. what you pay today for for the, for the equivalent model that's the thing so yeah. so even the Seamaster 300 i mean for me i, I have the 2254 which has the the sword hands and so it has a look that you just simply don't get in the collection yeah. uh today from omega and so it, it, i mean i think i paid a, a little bit over 3000 euros for mine and i thought ah oh, that's quite a bit but it's a good example box and papers everything freshly serviced so it, it, you know you i paid for all the all the extra stuff basically yeah. um when you look at the current seamaster 300m on a bracelet with a black dial that probably costs like six thousand euros 6.4 something 6.4, oh, yeah. just over six yeah so it's almost twice as much what i paid for it yeah and and you could say oh well in terms of the feel of it in terms of the quality of it in terms of the movement is it twice as much the watch maybe but 
I, if I prefer the way that the other one feels and I looks. Did, what I'm always uh, a bit surprised with is that there are a lot of spe- spec buyers. And what I mean yeah, that's by true. that is that they go for all the specifications of the watch. It needs yeah. to be a chronometer. It needs to, to have a certain water resistance. It needs to have, I don't know what. And I don't buy watches like that. No. I just buy a watch because I love it. I love how it looks. I love how it wears. Yeah. And I just uh, I just have a connection with the watch and not for with sure. the specifications. Yeah. I get it when you buy specifications, if you buy a laptop or a yeah. dishwasher yeah. or whatever, yeah. <laughs> some electrical appliances or a television. Yeah. But with a watch, it needs to speak to you or not. And exactly. I don't think, yeah. unless specifications really speak to you and that's your thing yeah, exactly that might be the case but yeah. even with a pro prof i'm not i don't go near water yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so the, the i just, I just watch. like the story of the watch and the story behind yeah. the development of the pro prof and I, I i love how quirky it looks yeah and that's why i have one and the same for the sea dweller yeah. it's also a neo vintage one so i have a 96 sea uh, dweller it's my second one from 96 mm-hmm. i used to have one from 96 as well and i bought it back because i missed it and um for me, that's still a hidden gem because yeah. it's still, I think, a bit undervalued compared to other Rolex models. Yeah, that's uh, a good one, yeah. Yes, between 8 really and 9K, I guess. And uh, it's a really nice watch. Yeah, um, yeah, it's, it's just it's just super nice. And also, it's over-specced. I mean, it's 12 yeah, meters sure. water resistance. And, and, uh, but it's not that thick valve. compared to the new one still. That's no, true. It, it, even if you compare it to a, like a regular Tudor that has 300 meter water yeah. resistance, it's, yeah. I think... The same, the same uh, height yeah. as, yeah, yeah, as yeah, those. Yeah. For sure, for sure, for sure. And so where else would you see value kind of hiding there? Because today, like uh, Laurits, for example, is having a look at some kind of cool Breguet uh, watches. Yeah, so this morning we're looking at some Breguet watches and uh, I, I, I told Laurits, I look at the Breguet Marine from the, yeah. I think, late 80s, early 90s. Yeah. And th- those are like 36 millimeter gold Breguet yeah. Marine watches. Solid 18 karat gold yeah, case. Yeah, the crown looks a little bit uh, particular. Um, yeah. 90s. <laughs> it's a bit yeah, or a late 80s. Yeah. But you pick them up for, I don't know, 6, 7K, and you have a solid gold Breguet dress watch. Beautiful dial. Beautiful dial, guilloche, nice movement. And uh, so I think there are some hidden, and it's still, don't get me yeah. wrong, that's a lot of money. Sure. But also, yeah. like I sure. said, you can get the Abel El Primero for like 2, 2.5K. Two and, and yeah. I think it's a lot of value for money. You can get your... Steel chronomats don't yeah. buy the gold steel yeah. because it's plated. Yeah, and, and there's also the steel the, ones for eighteen hundred euros or something. For sure, yeah, and, and and it's something that you sort of alluded to before, where where you say, okay, the, the vintage, what's considered vintage, is like seventies, sixties, and, yeah. and going back. And I think that those those get expensive. Like what? Like if you look at a Speedmaster or a Submariner yeah. or whatever, like like watches that sort of stand as the as the uh, as the standard for for um for pricing and stuff yeah. like that when you look at a at a at a five digit sub and when you look at a sub from the 60s um i think that the price difference there is wash and then what you get if you if you're into vintage and you appreciate vintage and you like the charm of it it's good but then if you're just looking to wear the watch i think it, it gets a bit rattly we were also talking about um uh, balash's uh, GMT, uh, gmt master, master 1675 yeah, 1675 yeah, and, and that's very different to the later Models the 16700 yeah. and the 16750 even yeah. and the 16710. Those had like solid end, well, the later ones, they had solid yeah. end links. Yeah. They they feel more solid. They feel yeah. more, you can wear them still today every single day. Exactly. Well, a 6075 yeah. you can also wear every day, but it's a rattly watch. Yeah. I had one when I was a student and even at that time when they were 1800 euros, kids. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, stop it, <laughs> please. Uh, with box and papers <laughs> to make it worse. Um 
those were also like 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 uh, uh, fragile watches back then, yeah. and yeah. I just wore them when going to a bar or a pub or club or whatever. Yeah. And yep. it felt wrong, so I sold mine in yeah. the end. Um, and later on, I bought another one, and uh, it's, I still didn't connect with it uh, somehow. Right. Um, right. But th- yeah, those are fragile. So if you wear them, you have to be aware that yeah of what yeah. you're wearing and how to treat it, and just how it will feel. So I think that that's that's an interesting thing. So then, if we move on to, if you let's say like if you wanted to buy a neo vintage watch, um, what would you go for? I mean, you were talking about the Breitling. Chronomats, but yeah, uh, it all depends on taste, of course. But I think there's yeah. still gems to be had from from Breitling and and IWC, the Pilots, for example, yeah. and the Chronograph, even the oh, the Double Chrono, Double Chronograph, yeah, super cool. It's a seventy seventy fifty based movement, yeah. So uh, with, a, with a split timer, and um, it's a beautiful watch. You buy yeah. them for five six k in a yeah. very nice condition, and yeah. they have been priced that way for a long, long time. Because yeah. even when I went to the watch trade shows in the early 2000s, that was also the price for these watches. So for sure. nothing yeah. much it happened value right there. Really yeah. Well. Yeah. well, I think they declined in value even if you yeah. if you include all the inflation and oh, so yeah. on. But, but if, they're really nice watches. Yeah. yeah, and if you're not looking to necessarily make an investment, but you're looking to get something where compared to retail price... Yeah, also Panerai is a good example. Panerai is a good example. And I think uh, Thomas wrote this piece about um, Blancpain. Yeah, as well. Yeah, especially dre- if you look at dress watches, yeah. uh, whether it's from Vacheron or even AP, yeah. uh, but also Breguet and Blancpain, you can really get nice, uh, n- nice uh, value for money. Especially for sure. when you look at the gold models, because not everyone is into gold. Yeah, but then you can buy white gold if you want. For sure. <laughs> if you don't like the yellow gold look, and yeah, those are really interested, interestingly uh, priced. Yeah, but I think it's also. Um a hype thing because mm-hmm. uh, a couple of of years ago, Cartier watches were not really in. I would say, no. but now everybody seems to want to buy yeah. a Cartier, and yeah, so Cartier prices reason. just went up in in, yeah. in price. Yeah. So maybe yeah, tomorrow the Herbal watches will uh, be. I don't know because cost that, more. that has a different reason. Because yeah. I feel that um, people buy into luxury brands. Yeah. And I feel that a lot of people who are suddenly hyped by Cartier are buying into the, the Cartier branding. Yeah. And they, they can't get a Rolex because, well, these, so let me get it straight. These are not watch guys. These are just persons, uh, fashion guys, men and women who want a nice watch. And they, they turn to Rolex because that's what they know, right? If they want a yeah. nice watch, they buy yeah. a Rolex. But those are not available or yeah. not at a normal prices. So what's the, then the next luxury brand that they know? It's Cartier. And I think they know Cartier for all sorts of reasons, and then they they look at these watches, and they they got the, the they are riding the wave. Yeah, definitely. Um, is it worth it? I I don't know. With with some Cartiers, I feel it's a, it's on par with Longines, but they yeah. say Cartier, so they are valued higher. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but I think if you look at other like proper watch brands yeah. that are yeah. solely focused on making watches and yeah. all sorts of other stuff. Then I think you can get more value for money. Yeah. Um, but again, if a Cartier is what you like and what you want and what you uh, yeah. and you love how it looks, then you should you should get a Cartier. That's, for sure. Uh, for sure. For sure. But I don't think that even though as we as watch lovers or, or uh, collectors, mm-hmm. we suddenly all let's say we all turn uh, to to Briguet or or Blancpain. Yeah. I don't think it will have the same no uh, demand as Cartier is having right now because the brand name Cartier is so widely known it, it but kind of doesn't ring a bell I told my yeah. dad hey I got a Briguet watch he said oh didn't they make airplanes <laughs> he had not he didn't have a clue that they made watches yeah, his yeah. reference was airplanes yeah. 
Whereas Cartier, you could talk to just about anybody, and they and they know it for yeah. for some reason or another. They've been in the pop course, culture Cartier before through jewelry, and, and, they, and they know yeah, jewelry uh, yeah. exactly. Sense, uh, yeah. yeah. And I think I think, but with Cartier, it's an interesting thing because it almost feels like it was uh, a little bit of both sides, like the general uh, consumer market mm-hmm. doing this thing where oh, I, I you know I got a great job and and I'm gonna buy myself a nice watch. I can't get a Rolex because mm-hmm. I'm waitlisted. So let me maybe pick up uh, a Cartier as the second option. And then like, but I think that there was also a, a sort of a side like a like a counter movement from that from the enthusiast side yeah. where people suddenly realized that yeah, there was are, some value to be had but they are the, looking at different watches from Cartier oh yeah for sure that's so like the of, Santos think, Dumont and the yeah so the, the Collection Privé and, and those kind yeah. of things and yeah. perhaps some vintage Santos I think that's what the, what the watch yeah. community is looking for exactly while yeah. more the, the, the general audience is looking at different yeah. models that are less I think regarded yeah. in the yeah. more the modern community. stuff really yeah. the, the stuff you yeah. can buy from them directly these days or something yeah yeah yeah, for sure. No, definitely. But I think uh, even for Cartier, I think the neo vintage segment is really worthwhile checking yeah. out and um, definitely exploring, and also explore some of the the, the lesser known brands. Uh, yesterday we had Gerard in the office, and he was wearing uh, Ulysse Naudin uh, GMT Perpetual. Yeah, and I don't think it's still the only one, but at that time it was. It was the only watch, and it was an invention by uh, Ludwig Axelin mm-hmm. that could also reverse the. Um, the uh, perpetual calendar date. So normally, oh, yeah, if true. you would advance a perpetual calendar by accident, uh, well, in the best case, you just had to wait a few days. In the worst case, you had to wait a few months uh, or years. <laughs> so you had to send it back to the manufacturer oh, to, oh, to reverse the calendar. But at Ulysse Nardin, with the, you can reverse the calendar yourself. Oh, okay. So that was really cool. And that was an expensive watch. And now if you look at Chrome 24, yeah. you can find these watches for 10, 11,000 yeah. euros in yeah. yellow gold or white yeah, gold. gold yeah. Yeah. And you have a perpetual calendar with a GMT and for a sure. perpetual calendar with a cool and or neat function that you can reverse it yourself. Yeah. So in a small size. It's 39 yeah. millimeters. Yeah. So yeah, it works really nice. That's yeah, the thing. Yeah, yeah. And I think that those were perhaps also in the early 2000s, mid 2000s, neglected a little bit because of their size. People thought, oh, these early 90s watches that are 36, 37. Yeah, Back a, then it was. You needed a U-board, man. Exactly. So, uh, you needed yeah. a, like the 47 <laughs> millimeter uh, Panerai, 44 yeah. millimeter Breitling, yeah. that kind of thing. And then now that still seems quite big, but yeah, yeah you never know. But so, Morgan, going, going, going over to you. If you were to pick a neo vintage watch, what would you buy? Would you revisit your Explorer, or would you, you go you with something else? You know what's going to be my answer. Uh, yeah, I think <laughs> if I needed to buy, I, I wanted to buy another neo vintage watch. Mm-hmm. I think maybe a sixteen five seventy again. Nice, uh, but I don't want to pay more than I paid the right. first time right. because I feel like maybe it's just me, but I, I I'm not okay with that. Yeah, fair and enough. For to have the exact same watch, I don't want to pay more than I yeah. already paid for. Yeah. Uh, depends so, on yeah. when you bought the previous one, of course. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, you bought them when they were new. Yeah. When well, if you yeah, yeah, you're crying, if you if paid seven k, you you might be able to make that happen. Yeah. But yeah. I think like yeah, I have Lex, to wait a little bit again. Lex, who also had one, I think he had paid three something or that two was something. The price. Yeah, he got a discount yeah. on it, yeah. and and that was yeah. it, right? It's it's yeah. I mean, he won't be able to pick one of those up again for that price. But you know, I think you you might be able to. I think for for me, if I were to look at some neo vintage thing, I would like to have one of the blue bond Seamaster as mm-hmm. well i think that would be a nice sort of complement to yeah. to uh the 2254 that i have um i also uh quite like uh, obviously the 16570 i think that's would be 
probably number one on my list. Mm-hmm. But then there's there's plenty of other things. I mean, these these brigades that we were looking at are, are really 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 nice. There's so much from Omega, so much from from um, yeah from from Tudor was a bit weird back then. Let's not talk about Tudor back then. No, they I think did weird. Before, stuff. Yeah, the design before, was really uh, it was a bit. Uh, Twenty ten, I think Tudor was uh, a little mis- bit lost, a bit lost, yeah. and uh, before that they. Yeah, it was all Rolex cases and bracelets yeah, with, yeah. with with Tudor sign dials and, and so yeah, on. Yeah. Um, and now, but if you look at the prices of those Tudors, those vintage yeah. big blocks and Submariners, yeah. it's ridiculous. It's yeah, really they're ridiculous. going up. Yeah, yeah. it's really crazy as well. Yeah. It was also always regarded as like not even second best, but a Rolex yeah. with the Etta movement. Yeah. And now the prices are sometimes even higher than yeah. uh, than a five-digit Rolex Submariner, yeah. for example. Yeah, yeah if you very, take a look at the, old, yeah, the, the Submariner from Tudor, yeah. yeah. Takoyer is also interesting, I have yeah. to say, a neo-vintage, because, um, well, they did a lot of Monaco watches, mm-hmm. and some are really close to the original. Yeah. Um, only later on, they did one with the crown on the left side. Yeah. But um, there are some really nice ones. But another Takoyer one that, that I always found interesting is the Takoyer Monza. Oh yeah, yeah, and that one has a El Primero movement as well. Yeah, and that's a cool watch, and I think you can you can find it for uh, ah, not for cheap, but uh, yeah, but for for, for a good very for very uh, interesting yeah. price. Yeah, um, yeah, and like I said, my my most recent purchase was the Abel um, Sport Classic Chronograph yeah. Gold Steel with yeah. the El Primero movement. Which is eighty six, which I think also is, is definitely considered that, neo, uh, that neo falls, vintage. Falls exactly in the range, yeah. and uh, I, th- I would say if adding to Tag Heuer, I would even add the um, the from the nineties these Monel cased divers. Yeah, really, really nice as well. Like they're they're nothing special in terms of movement. It's probably a standard Etta or mm-hmm. something like that, but they have a pretty cool aesthetic. They're very much of their time, but uh, it's still a professional dive watch of its era, which yeah. you know, freshly serviced and um, you know, well looked after. Are there also brands watch. that you uh, would leave alone from the nineties? Because I think some brands just disappeared, uh, a little bit like Abel, <laughs> yeah. and I think other brands they they increase their quality so much. And we mentioned Omega before. Yeah. But what about Oris? I think in the 80s and 90s, that was a very, uh, uh, like an entry-level watch brand. Yeah. And I think today you can debate whether it's still entry-level or not, but I think they, they upped their game so much by Definitely. using uh, uh, not only in-house movements, but but like good Atama yeah. or Salita yeah. movements. Um, they have nice cases. They're produced in a little bit different way, I think, than in the past. For sure. Yeah, I um, think so. I think that's that's a clear example of one where you're maybe better off looking at the current collection. Yeah, I think so. They've even reissued some of their 90s watches. There was a limited edition, the, the Holstein limited edition last year, which was this twin pusher oh, uh, yeah, GMT. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was a 90s design, yeah. which again, very it, it's a bit polarizing, yeah. the design. But you know, I can imagine that that new version probably yeah. felt a lot nicer than the one from the 90s. Yeah, some stuff way. just disappeared. I think Oris, they also did this Formula One watch for a long time. Because oh, yeah, I true. think they were a Williams... Sponsor or something, yeah. and um, they were good sellers, but at some point they completely disappeared. Yeah. And um, yeah, I think they they fall out of the the, the today's taste. I would say, yeah, for sure. Yeah, but look at things like uh, Gerard Perigo, like you uh, or no, you mentioned no, Lisa uh, but I think Gerard Perigo yeah. could be quite nice. There's some yeah. chronographs that are quite quite and in-house movement. Gerard Perigo was really yeah. a, a movement builder, so that's an for interesting sure. brand to to look for. And they had yeah. this this uh, partnership with Ferrari for a long time before it went yeah. to Panerai and before. Uh, well, yeah, and, and to Hublot anyway. But those Chirac Perigos are really interesting to yeah. uh, to explore as well. Yeah. Maybe even Chopard, because you, yeah, Morgan, Chopard. you quite like the new Mille Emilia, but I find that when you look back at the older Mille Emilia, maybe 
it's a little bit different. It's again a little dated, but it has some charming details which it, they've kind nice, of yeah. fixed in the new one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which when you look back at the old one, you go, oh, yeah. it's kind of nice. I, that I it's was a bit told weird. by uh, Chopin was here recently um, mm-hmm. for a visit, and um, I told them this. I said, well, if you look at your Millimilia and Millimilia is from the past, the price difference is 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 quite yeah. substantial. And they said, yeah, but new millimia is is produced in a very different way it's yeah. much higher quality uh, yeah. not only the movement but also how we produce the case and so on is really a high standard yeah. um and then i yeah i asked them okay when but next time you should tell people this <laughs> yeah communicate it because Co- communicate this because to us it looks very similar you find it for two three k on chrono 24 but yeah, yeah. It, so you have to be aware also here um, yeah the quality was different 20, 30 mm. years ago when For it sure. comes to uh, yeah. production of watches. Yeah. But still, maybe worth having a look back. If you're yeah. if you're curious, it's always good to check out some of the brands that we've mm-hmm. mentioned today. And uh, and yeah, let us know if uh, you guys have any other ideas uh, for, for brands hiding some value in their neo-vintage catalog. Uh, and uh, yeah, I think that's it for this week. So tune in next week for another episode of uh, Fertello Talks and uh, we'll see you then. Bye-bye. Bye.